I'm so excited to be here. What a great, great, great feel there is in this place of God's presence. All this crew up here, you really, you know how to move, don't you? I, I don't think there's a better time to be alive. I'm so grateful Bruce is still going strong. He inspires me to keep going strong. Uh, every single person in this room, you know, we need to finish well. We need to finish strong. God doesn't want us to peter out. You know, I, I want to be like, I don't know, I want to be like Elijah, get, getting caught up. I don't know about you, I just want to end really well. I want to keep going in the strength that God's given me. And I, I tell you, come on. We need people to continue to inspire us that it's possible to do life well. It's possible to do ministry well. It's actually possible to have fun along the way. You know, and I don't know about you, but I mean, I just love what God is doing in these days. Let me tell you a little, a little testimony before I get into the Word. We have a group of students in our church from Royal Holloway University. That's London University. And we have a girl who's uh, from uh, Singapore. And she was starting to minister to the Chinese students there who, who really don't speak that much English, actually, even though they're at university. They're learning English while at university. It's incredible. And uh, she started a connect group. And she didn't speak Chinese that well either. But she studied for a whole weekend so that she could teach the foundation courses and invited a whole group of students. And she just was talking about Jesus and how he died on the cross to pay for our sins and how he rose again and he gives us eternal life and the Holy Spirit comes to live within us. And there was one Chinese student there and you, you've got to imagine all of this is going on in Chinese. And he said, just hang on a minute. He said, are you telling me that this man Jesus in history, he died for my sins and the things that I've done? And she said, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. And the whole group were there just watching this young man, 21 years of age, and he just started to sob. He just started to weep. And he said, Jesus did that for me. And she said, yeah. And he said, and I can have him in my life and know his forgiveness. And she said, yeah. Right there and then she led him to Jesus in the group. It was amazing. We got him a Chinese Bible. When he got given the Bible, he got bubble wrap and wrapped his Bible. When he comes to church, he takes the bubble wrap off. He holds the Bible like it's the most precious thing you've ever seen in the world. I tell you, it's just so convicting. Just God is doing the most unusual things. I was in Israel just a few months ago. We had a lady who's been on a journey for three years in our church. The first time she came to our church, she heard me preach at a women's Bible study. I never do things like that. I want you to know that. But I felt like the Lord told me I had to do this. She was at this women's Bible study and she heard me preach. And she's a Jew and she went to the Bible study because they're studying the Old Testament. And she figured I'm safe doing that. And they were studying Isaiah. And so she came along to our church one morning. And as she was going along, she said, Lord, I just want you. When she says, Lord, she's talking to Adonai. Okay, so that's the Old Testament name for God. And she said, Adonai, will you help me understand this song that I've been singing since I was a little girl? And she came along to our church for the very first time. And when I was out there, I was preaching on Psalm 133. And the Holy Spirit said to me, read it in Hebrew. 
And I, again, I've never done that in all my years of ministry. Um, and I, I just said, you know, folks, I'm just going to read this in Hebrew for you. Behold how good and how pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. And it was the exact song that she'd learned as a little girl. And she sat there absolutely gobsmacked. We've been on a journey with her for three years. We were in Israel just a couple of months ago. And she said, I'd like to get baptized in the Jordan. I said, if you're going to get baptized and I'm going to baptize you, you've got to declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is Adonai. She spent all night... You have to understand how for some people this is a huge thing. She spent all night in prayer to Adonai saying, just show me who Adonai is. And then God gave her a revelation of Jesus. So the following day we baptized her in the Jordan River. Isn't that awesome? Just some great stuff happening. She, she, she was on a holiday in America. She, she, she went to her synagogue. She took the rabbi's wife to one side and started talking to her about Jesus being Messiah, being Adonai. <laughs> She's led the rabbi's wife to Jesus. The rabbi is now reading the New Testament. He's just searching, he's reading the New Testament. Can you believe what God is up to? Listen. Amazing stuff is happening under the radar that we don't know that God is up to. I've got a friend of mine. He's the director of the garden tomb in Israel. He's been there for eight years. Normally they get 80,000 people visiting a year the garden tomb. This year, 400,000 people have visited the garden tomb. Now listen to this. Loads and loads of people from China are going to Israel on a cultural visit. Every single day, he's leading literally hundreds of people to Jesus in the garden too. Come on. These are great days to be alive. These are great days to be involved in the purpose of God. He's building his church. He's extending his kingdom. You and I are part of it. Okay, take a seat. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm glad you're here tonight. <laughs> hey, I want to speak a message to you tonight about belonging. Belonging. Turn to the person next to you and say, you belong. Acts 27, 23, the Apostle Paul He's on a ship that's about to be shipwrecked. It's all going wrong. Everything is bad. He warned them not to do this journey, but they did it anyway. And the Paul, wanting to encourage them, makes this amazing statement. I want you to hear what he says in Acts 27, 23. For there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve. There stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve. How many of you know it doesn't matter what circumstances you're going through in life when you know where you belong and you know where you serve? Are you, are you yet aware that God owns your life? Paul said it like this, for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. 
in Christ, in God. Jesus put it like this in John 17, 9. I'm praying on behalf of them. I'm not praying on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those you have given to me because they belong to you. Isn't that amazing that you actually belong to God tonight? If you've said yes to Jesus, if you've said yes to following him, well, actually, even if you haven't, you belong to him. It's just that you don't know it. Because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The fruit of the womb is his reward, Psalm 127. We really, we, we belong to God. But when we say yes, we have an understanding and a security that comes into our life that we belong to him. And I believe that that begins to change everything. You see, everybody's looking for connection. It's, it's a sense of belonging that we need to carry with us regardless of wherever we are. And you know, sometimes you can be born into a family and, and you belong in a family, but when it comes to the kingdom, there's a place where God has for you. There's a place where God has appointed for you and you need to find where that place is. There was a group of people who came to Jesus one day, he's teaching, and they interrupted and said, your mother and your brothers are outside, they want to see you. He asked a question, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And then he answers his own question, he pointed to his disciples, he said, those who hear the word of God and do it, he's my brother and my sister and my mother. You see, God is redefining family and redefining where we belong in that context. Blood is not enough. Being related is not enough. It's those who hear the word and God, of God and do it. Paul said, the God to whom I belong and whom I serve. Let me say this to you tonight. Whatever you give your heart to, that's what you belong to. Whatever you give your heart to, that is what you belong to. I'm going to read you a quote from C.S. Lewis. It's a little long. Try and catch it. Here's what C.S. Lewis had to say. Love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. Love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. How many have ever had a pet that died? Broken hearts? You know what I'm talking about? How many have ever been jilted? Hope nobody's been jilted at the altar. That's really severe. Okay. Pray for you later. If you love anything, your heart will be wrung, possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it carefully around with hobbies, little luxuries, and avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. To love is to be vulnerable. That's an amazing quote, isn't it? You see, you see you've got to belong to something, and you belong to what you give your heart to. And so C.S. Lewis is say, says, you can stop your heart from being broken but something happens to you when you do that. When you shut people out, when you close off doors, when you stop yourself connecting with other people, it's a dangerous thing to do because when you give your heart to something else, guess what? Your heart can be hurt. Your heart can be broken. 
But if our heart is first given to God and we trust Him, He takes care of our heart because He's the healer of our hearts. I, I believe that God wants us to understand where we belong and, and who are our people. In 2 Timothy 2.22, you know, the, the Bible's interesting. It talks about people, it talks about tribes, it talks about clans, it talks about houses, it talks about families. I want to unpack that a little bit for you. Um, you know, sometimes people say to me, who are your people? And there's a, there's a verse in 2 Timothy 2.22 which, which captures it for me. Paul says this to Timothy. He says, flee youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness. By the way, if you're going to run away from something, you've got to run towards something else. Have you found out yet that, that trying to leave sin behind is very hard unless you pursue something else in its place? So, so Paul is saying here to Timothy, this young leader, pursue righteousness, pursue faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. You see, the people we should be connecting with is everybody who calls on the Lord out of a pure heart. It doesn't matter what their background is. It doesn't matter about their ethnicity. It doesn't matter about religious belief necessarily. But if they call on the Lord out of a pure heart, they're my people. They're your people. Do you get that? That's a universal thing. Jesus was one day, um, he was with his disciples in Luke chapter 9, and they came to him and they said, you know what, we saw somebody casting out demons, but he doesn't follow us. So we told him to stop it. And Jesus said, don't forbid him. You know, and, and the idea was, he's not part of our tribe. But he is part of our people. Do you get this? So Jesus said, don't stop him. Nobody can speak lightly of me and do that stuff. Don't you love it that there were a whole group of disciples, other than the 12, other than the 72, casting out demons in Jesus' name. And Jesus didn't get insecure about it. Hello? Come on, we belong to the people who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. I love this. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, for by one spirit we've been baptized into one body. How many bodies? One body. Whether there's neither Jew, uh, whether Jew or Greek, whether slave or free, and we've all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but mem many members. Every single person who says yes to Jesus drinks from the same spirit. It's one people. Got that? Yeah. Ephesians chapter th 3. You know, one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. It's one. One people of God. Yes? Okay, great. Here's the second thing then. What about the tribe? Hey, listen, I, belong, I don't just belong to a people. I belong to a tribe. My tribe is Acts Churches. I, I know there are many tribes out there. There's Elim. That's a tribe. There's AOG. That's a tribe. There's Methodists, that's a tribe. We're part of Acts Churches, that's a tribe. There are many tribes that make up the people of God. But this particular tribe has a particular mandate, has a particular anointing, has a particular calling. That's the tribe I'm part of. And all over the world, Bruce and I are working in the context of that particular tribe, trying to do what actually has been done here in New Zealand. Do you realize that this was a Pentecostal denomination that's 90 years old that has been dragged into the 21st century? Do you realize that? This was like a ship that was brought into dock 
and completely refitted and relaunched. And I'm telling you, I'm the 63-year-old guy here who's been around long enough to tell you that is a miracle. It's a miracle. It's a testimony to the grace of God. It's a testimony to the openness of God's people in this place. So that's my tribe. But guess what? I'm not just part of a tribe. I'm part of a clan. My clan is equippers. I thank God for every clan within the tribe, but I'm part of equippers. And here's the thing. Bruce and I, when we met each other nearly 20 years ago, here's the amazing thing. My favorite word before I ever met anybody from equippers was equipping. The Greek word katatizo. I'm a teacher. It's one of my favorite words in the New Testament. It has seven different meanings or seven shades of meaning in the New Testament. It's one of the most expansive words you could ever find there. It was in my DNA. So when I met somebody with the same DNA, do you know what happened? We connected. It's like, oh my goodness, we belong together. When the Apostle Paul, when he was there in Tarsus, nobody in Jerusalem wanted him because it was the wrong DNA. He was there. He was called to the Gentiles. And everyone in Jerusalem is reaching out to Jews and priests, which is a great thing, but not when you're calling us to Gentiles. And so there he is, 11 years saved. He's up in Tarsus. And all of a sudden, something starts to happen in a city called Antioch. And the apostles send Barnabas along. And he says, when he saw the grace of God, he encouraged them to cleave. And he didn't do what most leaders would have done. He didn't go back to Jerusalem. He did a highly subversive act. He went north and he got the apostle Paul. He said, these, these guys down there are going to kill this. I'm going to get the one man who's going to make it live, who's going to make it grow, who's going to have an amazing impact. And he brought the Apostle Paul back to Antioch. They were there for 18 months, and the church grew and was strengthened. Why? The same DNA. When Paul went on his missionary journey, he found Timothy. Why did he take him? The same DNA. He saw what was in him. Listen, we belong to the people of God. Everybody who calls on the name of the Lord, everybody out of a pure heart, we belong to everyone, they belong to us. But listen... Who's your tribe? And who's your clan? And who's your house? You know, my house right now, that's Equippers London. That's my house. But you know what? We're part of a tribe. We're part of a clan called Equippers. And we're, we're planting Equippers churches all over Europe right now. It's astonishing what God is doing. Sam talked about what's happened in the last 10 years. I tell you what, what's going to happen in the next 10 years is going to make the last 10 years seem slow. It's just going to, I hope you're ready because you know what? We're going to need people like you. I hope you understand that part of the thing that we have in Equippers is that we'll do whatever it takes to equip people. That there's, you know, New Zealand has got one of the most wonderful, adventurous spirits I've ever seen in a nation. Yeah, it's because all the pioneers from England came here. All the pioneers from Europe came here. So that pioneer spirit, it's in your DNA as a nation. God wants to send you. You're the ends of the earth, but you know what? The ends of the earth need to come back to the center. 
I'm talking about you going on mission. I'm talking about you going on OE. I'm talking about you daring to go back to places you've never even been to and taking the message of the gospel. Why? Well, because you know where you belong. Here's the thing. When you know where you belong, it doesn't matter where you go to. Hello? I tell you what, I just feel at home in this place. I just feel right at home. It's like, oh my goodness, I feel like I could put my feet up here. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you know, when you go into someone's home and, and you just, you don't feel at ease, it's like you're, you're, you ask for permission to everything. But there are some homes you go into and it's like, treat it as home. And when they say that to you, it's like you can raid the fridge. It's like you can put your feet up on the couch because that's what we do in our house. Sometimes you have to find out if that rule applies everywhere, but you know what I'm talking about. It's like this wonderful feeling of belonging. And, and Jesus, you know, when he was building um, the, the apostles together in community, when he was taking them around, there was this sense of we're in it together. Do you get this? Now, here's the thing. I honor every other tribe. I honor every other house. I honor every other clan. I, I, I honor those different things that God has called us to. But I know where God has planted me. I know where he's planted me. Do you get it? And that gives me the freedom to appreciate the different flavors and the different tribes. You know what? I find sometimes with leaders, when they're leading a church, the church is all over the place. You know, one month the, the worship is Bethel, and the next month the worship is, uh, I don't know, River, uh, what's Steve Furtick's church? Thank you. Elevation. You know, and then another, it's over here and over there. And it's like, there's no sense of, who are we? There's no sense of being planted with roots going down that this is our identity and I, I just want to give an invitation to some of you tonight and just say hey this is a house that you can get planted in and grow in we're committed to equipping you for life not, not just equipping you for ministry, but equipping you for life. If you're in business, we want to equip you for life. If you're in education, we want to equip you for life. If you're an architect, we want to equip you for life. We want to equip you in every single context because Jesus has called us to change society. He's called us to change the world, to be a city set on a hill, to be salt and light in our communities. And, and you need to be equipped. Going to Bible college is not just about learning to preach. Going to Bible college is about learning to live. Hello. It's, it's about how to be a whole person. How to be somebody who's so rooted in God that no matter what's happening, here's this storm around Paul and everybody thinks they're going to die. And he says, he says, I want you to know there's a God to whom I belong and whom I serve and nothing's going to happen without his permission. His hand is on us. His hand is on you tonight. Who do you belong to? Because what you belong to, you end up serving. Do you get it? We're called to belong to something. We're called to have a root down in our life. We're called to be part of community. But listen, it says in the book of Proverbs, a man who has friends must show himself friendly. 
Stop discounting yourself. You know, sometimes you can have some bad experiences with people. Uh, this was tough for me at school. I'm going to give you a sob story now. There's going to be a lot of R's in the room. You know, my brother, who's six foot two, was a brilliant athlete, fantastic boxer. And, uh, you know, he was just all the school sports, winning, dazzling, and he was good looking. I hated him. And then there was me with asthma. Just, I told you. Feel the love, I feel the love. You know, and, and for years, my life as a young teacher, as a young teenager, was all about comparison. Comparison to my brother, comparison to other people. Where did I fit in the pecking order? What would, it would be like, what would it be like in this context? What would it be like in that context? And do you know what? That is no way to live. That is just no way to live. And then finally, when I was sort of 18, I got baptized and things began to change because I began to discover who God had made me to be. I, I began to find out there were certain things that my brother, as brilliant as he was at things, he was a bit of a scaredy cat just a little bit of a scaredy cat. So, so I said to him, oh, you know, they're doing some free fall parachuting. Why don't we do that? And he goes, jump out of a plane. I'm not going to do that. I thought, well, I will. How many of you know that when we were around girls in our 20s and he said, well, I, I run the 400 meters in this time. And I said, I jump out of planes. <laughs> Who looked the coolest then, eh? My brother said, you know, oh, I'm really good at boxing. I won this championship and said, yeah, I do martial arts. I can kick him. I began to find out who I was. And in God, you don't have to compare yourselves. In fact, Paul said this, he who, whoever compares themselves with other people, they're not wise. Your, your life is unique. Your calling is unique. Your identity is unique. You're irreplaceable. Nobody, nobody's like you. Nobody's like you. And guess what? You're not an accident. You're not an accident. I don't care if you don't know your mama or you don't know your papa. You know, I don't care if you've been adopted. I mean, I care in the sense that, you know, ah, but I, you know, you know what I'm saying? In the big scheme of things, that's not the issue. In the big scheme of things, God is bigger than your history. He's bigger than your origin. He's bigger than your ethnicity. And you belong to him. These are mine. Jesus put it like this. Nobody can pluck you out of my hand. How about that? Lo, I'm with you to the end of the age. He gives you authority to go because you belong. You're part of his family. I don't know about you, but that makes me feel good. It makes me feel good. It, it makes me realize, hey, this God I belong to is worth serving. Come on. I want to encourage you. You'll know when you belong somewhere because you won't mind getting involved. You see, I know a lot of people have said, oh, I'm just checking it out. Just checking it out. Fair enough. Fine. Check it out. Check it out. But at some point, make a decision. At some point, make a decision. Listen, there's some people... When it comes to relationships, they're just checking it out. But at some point, you have to ask the girl out. 
Do you know what I'm saying? You have to make the dreadful commitment of asking because she might say no. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Pray for all the nervous guys in the room. Church is a bit like that. Look, you can check it out for a while, but at some point you'll never experience what it really means to belong until you get involved, until you start to serve. And I want to say, you're welcome here. You're, you're welcome in this place. You're welcome in this family. And, and here's the thing. Have you noticed on instruments that when you play an instrument, um, another instrument that's in tune with that instrument that's playing will resonate? In other words, without anybody touching the second instrument, something about the tuning resonates with the instrument that is playing. That's what happens in your spirit when you find the house and the family that you're meant to be in. What happens is you go along and you say, wow, this place is different. No stained glass windows. They don't wear dog collars. They have a band on stage. This is different to anything I've ever experienced. We get that all the time in London, by the way, because London's got a lot more Anglican churches. And, you know, we've just got a little bit more history than you have. And so, uh, so people are a little bit freaked out sometimes. But here's what they often say. I just resonated with everything that was going on here today. And listen, if your heart resonates, you belong. You're meant to be here. I'm so, I'm so fed up. You know, it talks in, 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 I think it's in Psalm 92, about those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. And they're even going to bear fruit in old age. I love that verse. Glad that one's there just for me. But you've got to get planted sometimes. And I think, I think many times Christians are like, I don't know, they're like plant pots. And it's like, I'm going to take my plant pot to church. You know, and, and they're sitting there and experiencing church, but they're in their plant pot, and then they go away in their plant pot. And it's like, safe. You've, you've got your own little boundary that you've created. You're safe. You're never going to get heartbroken. Why? Because you never commit. You're never going to get hurt again. Why? Because you're just in your little pot of safety. You know, there comes a time when you have to get out of the pot and get planted in the soil, in the community, in that place, so that you can flourish. Plants can't flourish in pots. They have to get into bigger pots, and eventually they have to come out of the pot and go into the soil. That's how God designed you. Come on, it's time to get involved. It's, it's time to serve. It's time to recognize that belonging is more than just words. It's about giving your heart and investing yourself. For 20 years, I prayed that God would connect me to an apostolic leader. For 20 years. That's a long time to pray, isn't it? I met a lot of, lot of apostolic leaders in my lifetime. And you know what? It was a little bit like the story of Samuel when he went to anoint David. You know, is this the one? No. Is this the one? No. Is this the one? No. I almost gave up. I almost gave up. And then one day I met Bruce. Now, how crazy is this? A half Italian Londoner connecting with somebody from New Zealand. How stupid is that? Eh? Do, do you know how far apart they are geographically, those distances? And, and of course, Bruce was living in London at the time. Uh, and he said, why don't you come and work with me? Do you know what I did? I thought, 
I just asked the Lord that question, is this, the, is this it? Is this the one? And it, it had been so long since I'd asked the question, it was like hard to hear. Do you know, I, I, I fasted and prayed for three weeks because I thought it was a big decision. Fasted and prayed, I didn't eat anything for two weeks solid. And then for the third week, just ate a little bit of fruit, a few pears, a few things like that. Finally, after 21 days, I got a conviction. Do you remember that, Bruce? Finally, after 21, he said, well, you've got to make the decision. 21 days, and I thought, yes, this is it. Went, moved to London, back with my family. It was one of the most difficult things I ever did. You need to know, it's, it's come to Denmark and just look at the Bible College where Mike Wilson has gone now, and just look at the five and a half acre plot, look at the beautiful lake that's there, the seven bedroom house we had. You know, it was just sweet. It was sweet, but you know what? It wasn't fertile soil for me any longer. You see, not only do you need to be planted, but sometimes you need to be replanted. Sometimes you need to go somewhere else. And God put us together for his purpose. And you know what? I've never, ever regretted it. Ever. Because I know who's my house, who's my clan, Who's my tribe? And who's my family? And you can do the same too. And I, I want to give you an invitation tonight. Now, I, I want you to know I've never done this before. This is the first time I'm doing this. But I'd love it if you could all stand for a moment. Can we have a player? Keyboard player, please. I just want to give you a simple invitation. Listen, if your heart tonight is beating fast and what I'm speaking is resonating with you. Now, I know there's a whole group of people here. You know Equippers is your family. You know, you know this, is, this is the house that you belong to. But maybe you're here tonight and you've just been on a journey asking God, where am I meant to be planted, son? Where am I meant to be planted? Where am I meant to connect? Where am I meant to be, belong? And I just feel like you need to hear these words tonight. You belong here. You belong here. I want you to know I had a message that I prepared days ago for tonight. And then on the plane, the Holy Spirit started to speak to me and said, that's a good message. It's not for here. How many of you know that's a stressful moment for a preacher? <laughs> I said, Lord, I've only got two hours. Yeah, that's okay. I just want to speak to you from a few verses. And I just began to pray. And I, and I just feel tonight, there's just some of you... Tonight's the night to make a decision. Tonight's the night to know where you belong in order that you can know where you serve. You see, that's the order. Paul said, it's him to whom I belong and whom I serve. Now, you can serve God in a hundred different places, but let me tell you this. You'll never be able to serve God effectively unless you're in the place he wants to. You, you can get on a ship and go to Tarshish, but if God has called you to go to Nineveh, it's never going to work out. It's never going to work out. He, he'll, he'll send a big fish to swallow you up. And if you feel like your life is being swallowed up right now, that's your fish. That's your situation right now. And, and what happens is you have to do what Jonah did. You have to humble yourself. Because he found out those who believe in lying vanities forsake their own mercy. 
He actually wrote a psalm in the belly of a fish. Jonah chapter 2 is a psalm. He begins to praise God. He begins to realize he cannot direct his own life any longer because he belongs to God and God knows where he'll be effective. God knows where he'll be prosperous. God knows where he'll have impact. Do you get it? And in our hearts, we've got to have that kind of willingness to go where he sends us. So here's what I want you to do. Hey, if you're somebody who knows this is your night to make that decision, I want you to put your hand on your heart just there. I'm going to pray for you, just right now. There's people all over the room just doing this. If you're standing next to somebody and you see they've got their hand on their heart, just lay hands on them gently, would you? Because I tell you what, there's a grace moment when stuff like this is going on. There's a grace moment. Take it. Take it. Father, for every single person tonight whose heart is resonating and they're saying yes to you, yes to your leading, yes to being planted in the house of God, in this family, thank you for sending them. Thank you for bringing them. We welcome them with open arms. We welcome them with open heart. We thank you, Spirit of God, that for your reasons that we don't yet see, because of your wisdom, we surrender to your wisdom, Spirit of God, and we say yes, yes to being planted, yes to being in this place, yes to serving in this house. And we say, Spirit of God, would you begin to do something that is going to affect not only this community, but the communities around the world. Thank you that you have put mission in this place. Thank you that you have created a space where people can be equipped to serve and to have impact. And in Jesus' name, I break the power of all disappointment. Leaders who've disappointed you, Christians who've disappointed you, situations where you felt wounded because you've opened your heart. I speak to all those wounds in Jesus' name and I declare healing in this house. I declare restoration in this house. I declare ministry in this house over your life in Jesus' name.